So here's the theoretical dilemma. Imagine it's Friday night, you're sleeping sound in your bed, and you hear noises downstairs. Wakes you up, and you run down, and you see a thief. And the thief is, in his hands, has some of your property, including, let's say, your phone. Can you grab the phone off the thief to save it from being stolen? The issue being that the phone is muksa. Can you touch muksa to save it from being stolen? Or not? Do we say that it's Shabbos and this is not uh, saving a life where you can certainly break Shabbos to save a life. It's to save property. What's the worst thing going to happen? They're going to walk out with your phone. Can you grab your phone on Shabbos to save it from being stolen? Or for that matter, any other muksa item, are you allowed to, to take it to save its being lost? So there's a story of a great rabbi. His name is, was Rabbi Hillel of Kolomaya, lived in the 1800s in Hungary. A great scholar, he wrote, he wrote many books, very holy man. Anyway, it happened that one Friday night, a thief broke into his house and headed towards the beautiful silver candlesticks that uh, his uh, his Rebbetzin had, had lit that night. The thief didn't realize that Rabbi Hiller was still awake. It was very late at night. He was still awake learning Torah. And he was about to grab the candlesticks and Rabbi Hiller saw him. And he saw that the thief was a Jewish guy from, from the village. And so Rabbi Hillel said to him, Rabid, my dear Jew, it's Shabbos, those candlesticks are muksa. You can't, you can't take the candlesticks, they're muksa. The thief looked at the rabbi, got a bit of a shock, and just laughed at him and continued to, to, to grab the candlesticks. And Rabbi Hillel said to him, but Rabid, if it says in the Ten Commandments, don't steal, you, you can't steal. You're not allowed to steal. The, the thief gave another laugh. Finally, the rabbi said, my rabbitson is going to be brokenhearted. They're a family heirloom. She inherited those candlesticks from her, her great-grandmother. They've been handed down in the family. They're irreplaceable. H- have a bit of mercy on a, on a, on a poor woman. The thief had his final laugh and jumped out the window with, with the candlesticks. He didn't care. Rabil chased him into the street, caught up to him and said, listen, Rabid, you're forgiven. You're forgiven, you're forgiven. And Rabil went back home. Soon after this, Rabil had a knock at the door. Policemen had bumped into this thief running down the street holding two beautiful silver candlesticks. And the police saw what was going on. This is not normal behavior at three in the morning. And so they grabbed him and they asked him, where are you coming from? So the thief having no choice said, I'm coming from the rabbi's house. So the police came and said, we'd like you to give testimony that, uh, that these candlesticks, they belong to you and they were stolen from you. Rabbi Hill said, they're not mine. They're his, they're not mine. 
The police said, but he told us that he came from your house. He said, yeah, they're his. They're, they're his candlesticks. They're not mine. So the police were a bit uh, confounded by this. They wanted to get this uh, thief in jail. And they figured, oh, maybe it's because it's Shabbos. The rabbi doesn't want to testify. So they asked him, please come to the police station after Shabbos. We would like... Uh, to, to properly uh, record your testimony. Rabbi said, sure. So after Shabbos, he came to the to the police station. They had held on to this thief. And the police asked him again, Rabbi, these candlesticks, do they belong to you? The rabbi said, absolutely not. They're not mine. They're his. They belong to him. The rabbi was saying this honestly because he forgave the, the thief. He said, you're forgiven. If you forgive the thief, so then that means you're, you're giving him what he stole. And so he had no qualms about it. They're not my candlesticks, they're his. Now, this was Rabbi Hillel of Kolomaya. He was an extremely high and holy man. He was a big, big tzaddik. And so the way he reacted to a thief was first to tell him, it's muktza what, what you're stealing. Second, to tell him, it's a prohibition to steal. Third, to appeal to his uh, emotions, a bit of a bit of sensitivity. It's it's my wife's family heirloom candlesticks. None of that worked. The thief took it anyway, and so he went and forgave him for the for the thievery. They're yours. This is not necessarily the way an average person would behave. And so the question is. For, for you and I, for normal people, we're not Rabbi Hill Kalamaya. If we see somebody stealing our property on Shabbos, but it happens to be what they're stealing is muksa, would we be able to grab it from them? So, Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law says that there are certain circumstances where you are allowed to move a muksa object. An object that is muksa, and, the, and there are different definitions of muksa, but one category of muksa is an object that is prohibited, its normal use is prohibited on Shabbos, like a phone or candlesticks. So that cannot be moved in order to save it. You can move it because you need its place where it's, where it's sitting. You can't move it to save the object. And the examples given in Shulchan Aruch is to save it from being stolen or lost. You can't move it. You have to leave it where it, where, it was, where it was when Shabbos came in. You have to leave it there. You can't move it, which seems to indicate that you cannot move a muktzah object in order to save it from being stolen. However, the Shulchan Aruch elsewhere also says that it seems that that rule, that you cannot move it, is talking about where you have a suspicion or a worry or concern that it may be stolen. But... Here, our case was not a suspicion. Our case was a reality. The thief is in the house. And so in such a case where it's a certain reality that it is being stolen, not it might be stolen, but it is being stolen, would that be different? The answer is yes. The Shulchan Aruch says that in, a, in order to save something from definite loss, and one example is there's a fire that is destroying things, or the other example is there's a thief taking it. That, that it's, it's actually about to be stolen. So there Shulchan Aruch says that there is a leniency. A leniency to, to be allowed to move a muktzah object in order to save it from 
its loss. And this is only in the case where this is the only way to save it. Only by, only by moving it will you save the object from, from being stolen. If there's any other way you could save it, uh, like through threats or through guarding it, then you would have to do that in a way that's permissible. But if there's no other way, you'd be able to move it on Shabbos. And the reason given, the Alter Rebbe in his Shulchan Aruch explains, the reason why you are allowed to do that is because our sages who they enacted the law of Muktzah. Muktzah is a rabbinical law. It's not a Torah law. There are things you can't do on Shabbos from the Torah. Then the rabbis extended that and said that the things that you can't use on Shabbos, you can't move them on Shabbos, even when you're not using them for their purpose. So moving candlesticks or a phone, you're not using the phone, you're not using the candlesticks, but moving it is a rabbinical prohibition. The rabbis who made that prohibition put limitations on their prohibition. And in a case where if we do not allow you to transgress the rabbinical prohibition of Muksa, there's a concern that you'll transgress a worse prohibition, maybe a Torah prohibition, then we allow you to transgress the rabbinical prohibition. It's, 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 it's permissible. Here's the, here, here's the example. When your property is being stolen in front of your eyes, it's muksa. There's a rabbinical prohibition to move a muksa object. However, if you're not allowed to move this muksa object to save it, you might end up doing something worse in order to save it. You might end up calling the police or, or going out in, in, in the street and chasing the guy in your car, doing something that is a Torah prohibition in order to save your property. And that's because there's a general principle, Adam Bohol Al that a person takes personally their property when it's when it's taken away. It's it's not just an object, it's not just a thing, it's something that's mine. And on a mystical level, we're told that every everything that we own has certain sparks of our soul in it. It belongs to us spiritually. And when somebody invades our space and takes our property, they're taking a piece of self. It's, it's much more significant than just losing something of monetary value. And therefore, we react strongly to our property being stolen. And this could cause us to even break Shabbos possibly in our desperation, our anger, our response to this, this thievery that will do something that's prohibited by Torah. And therefore, the rabbinical prohibition of muksa is suspended in order to save property that's being stolen. So if it wasn't Rabbi Hillel of Kolomaya, if it, if it was you or me in such a circumstance where we, we saw, saw something of ours being stolen, of value, on Shabbos, that it's muksa, we would be allowed to grab it back or, or, to, or to move it away or to hide it away from the thief in order to save our property. It would be complete, completely permissible if there's no other way of saving it. Unless you can guarantee that you're on the level, maybe not Rabbi Hillel Kolomaya's level, but on a level where you will definitely not break Shabbos to save that property. It doesn't matter to you that much. You're not so attached to it. Then perhaps better not even save it. Let it, let it go. But if, if the, the urge comes to save that so strongly, better save it by doing a muksa act rather than something even worse than that. Parenthetically, in the story of Rabbi Kolomaya, after he left the police station on that Mitzvah Shabbos, saying that, no, this, the candlesticks are his, they're not mine. 
So the, the police were left with no alternative. They've caught a thief, they thought, they were sure. And yet the rabbi says, no, they're his candlesticks. What can you do? So they, they let the thief go. The thief went straight to the rabbi's house and said, Rabbi, I saw what you just did. I've never seen anything like it. I realized how wrong I am in the face of such a holy man. Please show me a path of tshuva. Show me how to return, how to repent. Here are your candlesticks, but I want my soul back. And Rabbi Hillel took him under his wing and taught him, taught him Torah, taught him the ways of Hashem. He turned himself around completely this thief in, in being expressed such love, such concern from a holy man. Just that experience turned him completely around. He became one of the great students of Rabbi Hillel Kolomaya and on a righteous path all the way the rest of his life. Perhaps Rabbi Hillel Kolomaya saw that in that neshama in this particular thief, saw the potential in him, and so therefore saw, I'm not going to fight against him. I'm going to tell him what he needs to hear. And if he can't hear that, hear that I'm going to shower him with love. And that love will turn him around. In that case, that thief, it worked. May it, may it work for all of us. We should all turn around to do the right thing always.